Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Very happy to see everybody here. Uh, we're very excited um, in this season. I know that uh, technically, last few weeks, technically, uh, a lot of the churches in the valley have been celebrating Christmas. Uh, service and stuff like that, but uh, we're going to celebrate it today as well. We celebrated last week, and we're going to celebrate it today because birth of Christ is a huge blessing for us. It's the greatest gift to this humanity, and I'll touch a little bit on the history of it so we're aware. Uh, I understand that, uh, you know, people say, oh, it's a pagan celebration. Well, we celebrate the birth of Christ, you know, whether he was born on December 25th, it wasn't, it doesn't matter the fact that he was born. He was born. He came into this earth. Amen. I want to open up with Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 6. All right. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Um, The first recorded celebration of Christmas took uh, in 336 A.D. Just dive into some history. um, Under the reign of Roman Emperor Constantine. All right. So who actually eventually converted to Christianity. But it was Pope Julius who eventually made the December 25th the official date of celebration. That was in 529 A.D. Just a little bit of history. I, just, I absolutely love history. I like to dig in more into it. Um, uh, although Christmas is not mentioned in the Bible, okay, it is biblical, like I said, to celebrate first coming of Christ and his birth. It's very significant. And yes, his kingdom has come and is still coming. Okay, so he first came to this earth, but now he's going to return for his bride. Amen. And that is exciting. So the whole purpose of our faith and believing in Jesus Christ is for his kingdom to come. Amen. Say it with me if you don't mind. My heart is open. My mind is ready. Make me better, God. By your word. Amen. Amen. All right. And now I want to look, uh, I want to look into Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 30. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. I love that. Because uh, the angel is making an announcement, all right? And uh, I want to say, do not underestimate what God is about to do. And look at this. And it says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. So this is reassuring what was said in prophet Isaiah. But this is in Luke. And then verse 33, And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. Throughout history, different uh, People, different kind of uh, dictators try to shut down this. They wanted to burn the Bibles. They, saw, they thought they could stop this. You know, Roman Empire tried to stop it. Nothing can, can stop this kingdom. And you know what, church? We get to be part of this powerful kingdom of God. Okay? And it's so 
blessings. So this Christmas, I want to talk about coming of the kingdom, and I actually want to share seven lessons from the birth of Christ. It's just kind of, uh, it's a nice uh, symbolism, and I believe it will help us to lock it in. So I want us to notice how the angels, uh, you know, words about Jesus elevate him into the kingdom status, right? It says he will be great, all right? He will be called the son of the most high. God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants, and his kingdom will never end. These words are spoken, think about this, right, to one person um, in the room by an angel in Judea. And uh, as a fulfillment of the prophecy, look where we are at today. Just angel of the Lord, imagine, just showed up to Mary, you know, just simple gal. And here we are, how many years later, and we're standing, we're like, God, you have brought your kingdom here. And who did God use? The most simple people, you know, that were not higher status people, you know, these knowledgeable, know-how. It was the simple people like Mary. It was simple folk like, you know, these, you know, uh, shepherds, you know, that were just dealing with sheep. And who God, what men, you know, what men rejects, God selects. I love that about God, okay? This is why we're worshiping him as our king, right? Christmas is not just about baby being born. It's about the king coming to the earth. Last week, Pastor Mark had a great message talking about how, you know, sometimes we like imagine, oh, it's a sweet baby Jesus, you know. Now, I know most ladies might, you know, be drawn to that baby, you know. Anytime uh, one of the ladies has a baby or something like that, they're like, oh, I just want to hold him. And we, when we think about, you know, Jesus, I think maybe some of us ladies, it's okay. Um, we're just like, oh, I just wish I could hold that sweet baby Jesus. But, um, there are many Christian songs that address him as the king, right? Um, Hark the herald angel sing, glory to the newborn king, all right? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive the baby? No, right? The king. It's all about kingship, about God's kingdom coming to earth, all right? But for the most of us guys, you know, the Jesus uh, we are drawn to, right? Uh, Jesus who came to this earth on a secret mission, like dangerous assignment. If you think about it, right? To reclaim the earth territory uh, for the kingdom of God. And not a frail Jesus, right? So it's kind of hard for us to relate. Like we're talking about Jesus, the powerful one. Um, well, we're thinking of like Jesus, yeah. Like, I don't know why I keep thinking that song. Bad to the bone. But, you know, Jesus who was not, you know, who was not afraid, who was on point. And uh, Jesus was... A, a straight person at the same time. He was full of grace and truth. Because a lot of times we have we tendency to lean to either that or that. But Jesus was not afraid to tell people the truth. And at the same time, he was ever loving, you know, and forgiving father. So he was full of love. But Jesus was on point. He was living on purpose for the kingdom of God, right? Fulfilling God's plan. All right. So I want us to be kingdom-minded and to be I like this phrase, and we're going to go into this new year, and we're just moving forward into your church, is servant-hearted and kingdom-minded, okay? Very, very important that we understand that to have a servant heart, because Jesus, number one, said himself, I'm, about all of you, I'm the first, I'm a servant, okay? I'm a slave before you guys are. I mean, at the last day, I mean, he wanted to make an impact before he, 
uh, left this earth, I mean, if you think about it, before he was crucified, what did he do? He started washing disciples' feet. It just shows the kind of heart, the kind of kingdom we're talking about. It's not about going out there and be like, hey, you know, we're going to reign. That's what happened, though. That's what the kind of uh, king that the Jewish people expected, right? Just a, a king that would come and just like, yeah, take over. We're ready. And the Zebedee mother is like, yeah, put, our, put my boys on the throne. She was, she was not afraid to ask Jesus. And, uh, but Jesus was like, no, it's about the kingdom of peace. It's the kind of kingdom that's not of this world, amen? And we get to be part of this kingdom, amen? Amen. So, as Christians, we need to understand that, you know, this is the kind of kingdom we're from, kingdom of God. All right, so, and an interesting point is just the kingdom is stated, you know, on average between different translations around 162 times in the New Testament. So, it doesn't talk as much about baby. Baby is just the beginning part. So I want us to focus on the king coming to earth. All right? And not only that, now the king, that king lives in, in me, in, within me. So seven lessons we want to learn from Christmas. And I want to point this out, all right? This will give us a better understanding of God's kingdom and how it operates. Uh, lesson number one, uh, the genealogy of Jesus. Okay? In Matthew chapter one, uh, we see four women. And... I don't want to read that genealogy just for the sake of time. But we see four women mentioned there among many um, in the long list of genealogy. And, you know, upon reading this, you know, why might, one might assume like, hey, they're the greatest and holiest woman, right? This is genealogy of Jesus, where Jesus came from, right? From which genealogy. But if you look at each of one of their lives individually, right, you'll notice quite a sinful past, actually, or a challenging past. Among all the women, for example, Rahab, she was a prostitute. That was, you know, in the Old Testament, right? Tamar, she was abused. Bathsheba, with whom David um, committed adultery. All these women had past, all right? But it's so interesting as if, like, God allowed that detail to be inserted into genealogy of, of Christ. Isn't that amazing? So I love that about God. That every sinner has a future, all right? Every saint has a past, and, and none of us are holy without Christ. None of us, all right? So the question that this provokes is not, do you have a past? All of us have a past, right? But the question is, are you connected to Christ? It is so important to be connected to Christ, to his body of, you know, of believers. This is where we grow together. And I want to challenge you even now. Don't just do it at the beginning of the year. Now, put faith first. Put God first in your family and just see what, it ha what the kind of effect it brings to your family. Uh, God is faithful and true. Amen. Although in physical sense, we might not be listed in the genealogy of Christ, right? But spiritually, we're all connected through Jesus, all right? So when we choose to surrender to him, and regardless of our past and our mistakes, we will begin to experience God's kingdom in our life. Uh, lesson number two, okay, uh, the lesson of miracles. So prior to the coming of Jesus Christ, we see that there were like over 400 years of silence on earth. Uh, we don't see any supernatural events taking place in the scripture. I mean, in the Old Testament, we saw, we heard about God parting the scene, things like that. But for this approximately 400 years, there was like not anything supernatural happening. But right before Jesus came, we begin to see different scriptures uh, that mention angelic visitations. Both to Mary, right? And in, uh, also to Zechariah, which is, you know, her, his wife was uh, Elizabeth. 
And both are mentioned. I'm just going to quickly highlight on them. Uh, Luke chapter 1, 26 through 28. So this is a gal that is a virgin. It's a miraculous uh, pregnancy, right? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, I think it may have switched it, okay? Uh, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. This, I am in the correct place, sorry. A descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. You're, that always fascinates me. What possibly favored? We don't know. But think about it. All I know is just nobody knew Mary. But eventually, you know, she's the one that's going to carry God's son. Incredible. So this is a miracle happening, right? This is angelic visitation. Now look at Luke chapter 1, uh, 11 through 14. This is Elizabeth, uh, the old woman. <laughs> right? So then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is to Zechariah, okay? Standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and it was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you're to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. I love this connection, right? So God is visiting a virgin and he's visiting an older woman. And he, they're both getting pregnant. You know, but think about it. And that's how the way God operates, okay? Who God selects. So not only was the visitation of angels, it was supernatural. But also uh, the message that a virgin... And a woman of old age were to give birth. Amazing. And John, we know John. I mean, if you read more about it, John was, he was intense. And he was preparing the way of the Lord. And he wasn't afraid, you know, uh, to talk about the claim of the kingdom of God. He was not afraid to talk to Herod straight up when Herod, you know, uh, took his brother's wife and things like that. I mean, he was a straight shooter. But this is amazing how God operates, right? God uses people like that. And he goes and takes a virgin and he takes a woman of old age. And shows the miracles. This is the, you know, uh, lesson of miracles. Uh, number three. So, number three. The lesson of gifts. Uh, we know from the story of Jesus' birth that the wise men brought gifts, right, to Jesus. In the same way, um, the birth of Jesus Christ, we understand, is a gift to us. It's a gift to the world. And the gift is not only salvation, but it's the Savior, being part of us, our, part of our identity, right? Not just the blessings. Think about it. Not just the blessings that come with that. But God himself, okay? God himself is like, I am, big, I'm, I'm going to be connected to my creation. And he needs to enter into this world because he really loves us, all right? And that is a lesson of gift from God. But what happens is faith is what unwraps that gift, we can hear all these amazing messages. We can show up to church maybe a couple of times a year or something like that. But if you don't have faith, you will not be able to unwrap the gift of God and what God has prepared. Our faith is just, this is what unlocks and activates the gifts of God in our lives. So through faith in Jesus and the finished work on the cross that he did for us, we can be forgiven, right? And we are made righteous. And I want to show you a few passages just about God's greatness of gifts, right? Colossians 2.10. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Colossians 2.2. 2, 
um, that their hearts may be encouraged, be knit together in love to reach all the riches of fullness of assurance, of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is what? Which is Christ. So God wants to give, unlock all of the blessings of heaven to us, to us simple folk, all right? Ephesians chapter 2, um, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, right? Through faith. This is what activates it. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. I mean, we hear people nowadays say, hey, I, I live a good life. I'm a good man or a good woman, you know. <laughs> and Jesus himself even says, you know, when somebody came up, you're good, you know. And Jesus is like, only Father is good. He's always di directing it. Only Father is great, right? Because it's not by works, okay. It's, it doesn't matter how well you're going you're gonna to start your year plan and be like, that's it. I'm going to cut this. I'm going to cut alcohol or drugs or whatever it may be. Uh, cut on gluten, bread, whatever. You know, people make beginning of the year, they make all sorts of different um, plans. But let me just say this. If you don't put God in there in the beginning, it's going to be a lot harder, you know, just to manage anything in life. Um, you can survive. We can definitely live if you want to. But when we receive Christ in our life, it's a gift. And when we are walking and we're just acknowledging Christ in all that we do, it's like, Lord, our eyes begin to look through the eyes of Christ. And I'm going to end that later on just with just an like explanation of that. Uh, so the gift of salvation is wrapped, but on what unwraps it is our faith, right? We can accept it or reject it. God has always given us a free will. He never forced himself like, you're, you're going to be saved. And, I, and, and it doesn't matter. You're not leaving here today until you get saved. I mean, there are, there are pastors who practice that, you know. And the, the way they use this, they use the scripture from the Bible. says, through fear, you can save people. <laughs> well, God has given us free will, right, to choose from the beginning. He has given that free will to Adam and Eve, all right? And he's given that will for us today. He's like, hey, choose today who you're going to serve, right? Joshua said, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, okay? So Jesus didn't just come to give us presents, right? He came to give us his presence, his presence, okay? That is the greatest present you can receive is his presence in your life every day that you walk, amen? Uh, lesson number four is the lesson of manger, Okay, Jesus was not born in palace. Everybody's aware about that. He's, think about it, right? He's the king of kings. He's the son of God, right? He should be at least born indoors, right? But it, that didn't even happen, right? It wasn't in the hospital, but it was in a very unworthy, you know, dark place. His birth, his birth just seemed unworthy, right, of divine royalty. It was in a stable, dirty, dark defiled and full of animals think about it right just I can imagine the, you know, the smell and everything like that but I believe this stable is a perfect example of a human heart okay so it's dirty it's dark because a lot of times you know no one knows what's really happening in the depths of our heart you can be here we can put on an image and we can show up to church and we can put a great image and everything like that but only you know the depths of your heart right but this is a perfect example. I believe that the stable is an example of this dark place, right? Dirty place. This is the kind of place that God came for. I think it symbolizes just our heart, okay? 
This is the kind of people that Jesus is after, all right? Not just for people that have it all together and uh, put up a good front, whatever. But it's the people who are living in the darkness, people who are struggling, people that are living in the dirty conditions of their life. Wherever you're at today, only you know that, right? No one can. I can say all I want, and we can have an image. I can even put up an image, but I could be struggling with some things, right? All of us have that. So, but I believe... When we open up our lives, right, uh, through repentance and in faith in Jesus, uh, he will come and he will sanctify us. You know, think of the room, right? He comes and he purifies us. So it doesn't matter. Okay, Jesus is not intimidated by our sins or by our past. He's not. He will accept you just as you are. But when he comes, when you accept Christ, he will transform your life if you allow him. Again, free will. Free will. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, Revelation 3.20. I love this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. God is telling you today, I want to have a closer relationship with you, right? I just don't want to, I don't want to just be known to just that you acknowledge me on Sunday or when you praise him or occasionally acknowledge him. It's like, I want to have a fellowship with you. I want to come in and dine with you. Amen. So Jesus is not intimidated by your past. He wants to bring you true peace. Right? Why? Because he is the prince of peace. Amen. And it's the kind of peace that the Bible says that it's the peace that transcends all understanding. And it's the kind of peace that guards your heart. that, That means it doesn't matter what you'll face. If you'll face a challenge in your life. You never know, you know, you ever think about it and we can technically go to that rabbit trail if we want. Sometimes like, what would happen if my child dies? Oh Lord, you know, all these things. But see, God is love and he, he is love and fear, uh, his love, you know, casts out all fear. Amen. God's love. So when we have God's love, we're not going to be intimidated by anything that holds tomorrow. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, viruses will be out there. Okay, Psalms, Psalms talks about you won't be afraid of an arrow, you know, there by the day or at night. So God is just telling you that I want to bring you peace. I want you to be able to walk this life without, you know, a fear of tomorrow. And that is the greatest thing. Now, it doesn't say that you're going to be free from all trouble. In fact, it says in this world, you will have trouble. That's inevitable. We're born into the sinful world. But what happens is when you have Christ in your life and when you have a relationship with him, you begin to walk with him. You begin to talk like him. And you begin, your, your, your image transforms. And people are like, man, how are you living without fear? I had people through the last couple of years, y'all know, you know, people full of faith. Like, what? You, this seems like you're not afraid. You're walking around like Kevin, on, you know, in Christmas at Home Alone. I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> Say, say it with me. Say, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid. Amen. <laughs> May that. If you don't remember anything from the sermon, just walk away with that quote. Say, I'm not afraid anymore. Amen. Because as a person of faith, you're not going to be intimidated by this world, right? Nothing will scare you. Nothing can bring you down. Because when you have Christ in your life, even if you hit troubles, and you will, I can guarantee you that, you know, trouble could rise up three days from today. But what are you going to do? I'd rather be planted on solid ground, right? That is the rock. Amen. All right. So number five, a lesson uh, of the shepherds, okay? It was the shepherds who were first notified about the birth of Jesus. It wasn't Pharisees. It wasn't King Herod, right? 
we see that Jesus also referred to himself as a shepherd, right? So Jesus reminds us that just as shepherds stay with their sheep and lead them and care for them and feed them. In the same way, Christ does that for us, okay? So that's the lesson of shepherd. And as shepherd, he restores us even when we drift away. Okay, um, he goes after us and brings us back to the flock. Um, he's a caring, loving God. And in Matthew chapter 18, let's just go there. Um, Matthew 18, verse 12 through 14. So here's an example. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away. So this is Jesus talking to him. He's explaining his love he has for us, right? And one of them wanders away. Will he not? leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off okay uh, i know that some people will say why would jesus leave 99 well it's talking about people that are with the herd people that are they're fine together you know but what, I'm, what god is talking about is the kind of heart that he has just for that one person right amen verse 13 and if he finds it Truly, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. Okay? In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Not a single one. Your, your annoying co-worker. God wants to save him. Whoever it may be. Your challenging spouse. God is working on him. Trust me. We're all continuously. I'm, I'm a project. You know, all here on earth. God is continually changing me, okay? So there's not going to be a perfect person. It doesn't matter, okay? So if you're trying to make your husband perfect or make your wife perfect, it's going to be impossible. But when Christ is the center of your family, you will become closer to each other. I love bringing that up. and I don't care if I say it a million times. I'll let it, let it be stuck in your brain. But, the, you know, a ladder on both sides. When you, the closer you are to the top, the closer you are to each other. Again, when you, Christ is the center of your family, you will see, um, you will see your, your marriage will flourish, okay? So put God first in all that you do, amen? So um, here's the next lesson, the lesson of a star, okay? The Bible mentions the wise men following the star, so their pursuit led them to King Herod at first, we know that, but eventually they got, you know, to where Jesus was. Okay, so I believe the Bible is a perfect representation of the star, like the word of God. Okay, it is not possible to fully know Jesus without the Bible. So if you say you know Jesus, but if you never pick up the book, you won't know how as much character about him. It's just the same thing as think about it. If you don't spend time with your loved one, one one-on-one or talk, correct, know what they like or they don't like, you won't know him fully. You can't just say, like, I married him once, and that's it. I accepted Christ one time. That's enough. I told her I loved her. I told him I love him, right? He knows. But it is possible to know the Bible and not know Jesus, okay? There are people that also know Bible, and they can quote it, you know, day in, day out. You're like, man, these people know their scripture. But, you know, their, relation, their, their life is not reflecting the heart of God. So reading the Bible is important. It has a purifying, healing power. And it's profitable to keep you from sin and error. Second uh, Timothy 3.16, okay, it says, All scripture is God-breathed, and I'll explain why reading Bible is important, right? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's like a, a manual, right? 
Somebody says Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. You've heard that before? Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. There's a little nugget for you. Remember it if you haven't heard that before. Um, so the Bible is given to us so we can become familiar with the way he speaks, the way God moves. And just today, right now, an example. Look at the kind of people that God is selecting, right? There's people like you and me. They weren't, they weren't any illegal advisors, things like that. Now, God touched those people too, like Nicodemus. God is, Bible is open to everybody. Even, you know, I like to say, even the people that are super religious, they need Jesus. So don't write them off. Pray for them. Pray for everybody. Amen? Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Okay? I know there's several translations. Light unto them my path. Say, but your word is a lamp to my feet. So that is God's word. Okay? And it lights the way for us. Okay? So that means if it's going to be dark... The, when you're walking with the Word of God, you're not going to be afraid of anything, right? You're, like I said, you're not afraid anymore. And you're walking, and as you're reading the Word of God, Bible warns us about everything. You know, when all this stuff that was happening in pandemic and things like that, Bible talks about it. Talk, talks about wars that are happening, that will be uh, happening. God, Bible gives us insight. He likes to prepare his children, okay? There's only one thing that we don't know is when he comes. All right. All right. So when we follow the star, his light, which is Word of God, okay, represents... It's the light unto my path. And that's what will bring us closer to Jesus as well. Uh, lesson number seven. This is my last lesson. And um, I'll be closing so we can have some children's time. It's going to be great. So lesson number seven. Most important one. The lesson of salvation. Okay. So regardless of when Jesus was actually born, as I've mentioned, Jesus was born to save us. Me and you. All right. In Matthew 121, it says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will what? Save his people from their sins. Again, let me read that again. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Okay? Amen. Thank you, Garland. Yes, much of this uh, holiday has been made about, you know, gifts Trees and Santa, okay? And, um, but the underlying reason we have to understand still remains, it remains the same, okay? Christ is the center of it all. Jesus is the reason we celebrate Christmas, amen? Amen. And that is a lesson of salvation. He wants us to be saved, like it says in Matthew one twenty one, to save us from our sins, from things that we're struggling. And again, free will is involved, Okay? If you, if you won't open several, several doors, you know, people say, like, I have some sins. I, I call them sins with benefits. Like, it gives me temporary pleasure. And then, like, my precious, you know. No, it's true. And you, you're like, hey, man, you can live a full potential life. I, I always wonder this thought. If I come before God and I'll say, man, if I spend so much time on doing something or walking around lost like Israelites, around one thing that and I could never surrender. And I'm thinking, Lord, and God will show me an image, what my life could have been like if I would have let go of this one thing, okay? And that's what's so amazing, because God actually, the potential that is within a human being that he placed, I mean, he made us in his image. It's something to consider, right? Amen? So, um, in closing, I want to uh, open up Matthew in 6.10. And this is the Lord's Prayer, but I'm specifically focusing on the verse 10. It says, your kingdom come... 
Again, it's about his kingdom coming, okay? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean, on earth as it is in heaven? I mean, we like to say it. It sounds really good, right? It's like just rolls off your tongue. <laughs> your kingdom come, and as believers say, on earth as it is in heaven. But example I want to use is Bermuda. You all know about Bermuda? So Bermuda is like a small island close to Florida, eastern U.S. Uh, but what's so interesting, does anybody know here, before I say it? It's trivia. <laughs> who who uh, Bermuda belongs to? Some history junkies here. It's okay. I don't want to feel bad. I'm sorry. There's no condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> but what's so interesting is that uh, Bermuda belongs to British colony. Okay? So in 1500s, there was this explorer, Serge George um, Somers, I believe. But he was shipwrecked there. He was trying to get to Virginia. And uh, he was a British man. I'm glad he didn't get to Virginia. <laughs> America. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> But he was shipwrecked, and he ended up on the reef of Bermuda shore, okay? And, um, but within three years, Bermuda became a British territory and has remained one until this day. Now, England is 3,400 miles away from that island, okay? And Bermuda is close to the United States. You would think that, hey, people would be speaking English, right? Like, like us, not like, oh, you know, in England. Uh, but the customs, the language, the laws uh, of United Kingdom extend over 3,400 miles of ocean. All right? Now, I don't know how far heaven is from earth, okay? But to me, I mean, just acknowledging the fact that 3,400 miles, that's a long distance, right? But I'm using this as an example talking about kingdom of God coming to earth. But check this out. But the government under which Bermuda functions, right, and lives is 3,400 miles away from the island. All right, so Queen Elizabeth is the head of state, all right, and uh, the British flag is the flag of Bermuda. Um, people, you know, like I said, speaking with British accents over there. It's amazing. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, but I, I can't do it, but uh, would you like a cup of tea? Like, would you just sort of flew in? You know, they, they talk like that, but people even drive on the wrong side of the highway. I'm sorry, the left side. Sorry. <laughs> but think about it. That's crazy, right? But I'm telling you this because this is a picture of how God's kingdom has come from heaven to earth. And wherever Jesus is king, right, that means you will see his customs, the way, the language, the laws, how you talk with people, how you just, how you reflect upon people. That kingdom of God has come to you and to your life and to your family. How do you talk to your children? How you discipline your children? That makes impact. That makes impact on the way. So all the customs, right? Think about it. Even just from England was transferred to this colony, right, called Bermuda. And so when we talk about the kingdom of God coming into earth, this is an example that I'm using, just Bermuda. Uh, I'm thinking about when you become a part of, of community, a body of Christ, also known as church, right? I don't know what it is, but like how I feel when I show up on Sunday and I feel like it's energy. Even if you don't read scripture, you know, as much as you should or as much. I mean, I struggle with that, you know, sometimes, honestly. But my point is, the, when we come together as a body of Christ, it's like a pep rally. That alone, some people live off of that. I mean, God doesn't want you to just live off that 
And by the Saturday, you're just draining. You're just like, I have nothing. I have no more faith left. That's why when we open up our Bible, when we look at these examples, right, that I used seven lessons, we begin growing, and it gives us more strength to sustain. I mean, you even have a snack in your pocket, if you think about it, right? You can open up your app, and it will read it to you. You don't have to read it. It will read it to you, okay? Just put on the chapter and be like, well, you can make a reading plan. And if you want, you know, I hate notifications. I absolutely do. <laughs> But it'll pop up until you open that and clear it. It won't get off your front display. Like right now, I have four. Anyways, so what I challenge you to do is start, you know, fellowshipping with God. He wants, he's knocking at the door. He wants to come in, you know. But when his kingdom comes into your life, when, he, when it comes into your family, how you operate changes. You're looking at different people differently. Uh, different. A person will, you know, cut you off. Or we'll flip you off. I mean, I'm, I'd be surprised if there's somebody here that never received that. But, you know, that happens. That can happen in life. You accidentally cut somebody off because you were distracted. Whatever. Don't text and drive, by the way. <laughs> but, um, you know, person flips you off. You, you can just wave to them. Bless them. Right? That's actually a life hack. I don't know if you've done that before. But it actually can irritate a person more. They're like, or they caught by surprise. Like, like, they flip you off and you're like, Hi. And they're like, Ugh. all of a sudden they're just like, oh, but I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Condemnation on them <laughs> right away. <laughs> so anyways, but we are part of a community that serves and honors God, right? So this part of family of God who values Jesus as their king, okay? We, everywhere we go, we represent his kingdom. It's kingdom that has already come into our life. And so the more we tell other people about this kingdom, the more we bring people into his kingdom, you know, their lives will be changed. I want to challenge you today to make an impact on your community, on your friends, okay? It's just, think about it. Um, imagine just standing before the throne of God and your friend is standing there, right, there as well. And they're like, you were my friend. Not a single time you invited me to church or not a single time you told me about Christ. Or not a single time you offered to pray. You'd be amazed how when you just offer somebody to pray for them, that makes a big difference. And like I said, one of the greatest impacts you can have is just your lifestyle, okay? When kingdom of God is part of you, it will show. It's hard to, hard to um, close it, you know, from the, <laughs> it, just, it just shines from the outside. When I fret, I'll just use an example. When I met Michael Bizzle for the first time, we were playing soccer against each other. And um, my team won, of course. <laughs> but, I mean, I saw him and I was like, man, he's such a good soccer player. That's, that's the first thing I noticed. And the second thing I noticed, I was like, man, this guy got lots of tattoos and cool guy and everything like that. And, but I'm like, man, he, he's the love of God is beaming off of him. I'm like, yeah, I bet he's a believer. Surely enough, we just start talking to him. I was like, oh, man, in his history, in his story, you're going to be up for men's carnivore one of these Sundays. <laughs> I mean, one of these Thursdays to share about your story. Um, I just put him on the spot. You can't say no at this point, Michael. Uh, so, <laughs> but love of God, it's shown. And like I, I like to say that, you know, the New Testament says it's like a, we're like a letter being read by people. They're like, man, why, are you, why is he smiling? Corona outside, and he's smiling, you know. Think about it. I, whatever it may be, you can face a very difficult challenge. I'm telling you, you can uh, hit a, a place where you're just like, man, I don't know what to do, Lord, with my kids. They're in the teenage years, and I'm like, 
bring it to before the Lord. Just keep bringing it before the Lord. Okay? Because his kingdom has come into your life. So the more we understand that, the more we have that knowledge, right, to know that God, when your kingdom comes, the Prince of Peace comes into my life. I receive that peace that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense to this world, but I walk with it, right? His kingdom has come, and now I'm walking in that kingdom. And then guess what? As we're preparing, okay, we're preparing the way of the Lord, God is going to come later again. His kingdom will come to get his church, to get all the people that you've invested your life in. So, and again, I know throughout the year, I want to just quickly reflect. Remember when we talked for a few weeks about the message of the seed. Okay, kingdom of God is like a seed, a mustard seed. So do not be discouraged. Today I want to encourage you that if you have told somebody about love of God, if you've prayed for them, or if you've regularly reminded them that God loves them, prayed for them, and at home if you're praying for them, do not be discouraged. Different seeds spread out at different times. I want to encourage you in that, okay? But keep doing it. Do not be discouraged about that, okay? His kingdom is within you. Keep dropping those seeds wherever they're at. And, you know, at the right time, they will come forth and they will bring fruit. Amen? Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.